This week as I was praying and studying uh, for this message, I came across a devotion in the Word for you today. This is a little devotion that we give out, and in fact, we have the brand new ones, I think, available at the Info Center. We give these to you, so if you don't have one, pick one up. Uh, I, I like to say, if you want to know what your pastor is going to preach, get one of these, because there's some amazing little nuggets in there. And um, so pick one of those things up. It'll bless you. They're available at our back info desk. But I was, I, I was going through that thing. I found this devotion about the fruit of the Spirit that got my attention. Now, you see, some of you, okay, I ain't even going to go there. I was going to tell you, I'm wearing this jersey today because there are nine fruits of the Spirit. But you guys know me better than that, okay? I, I actually put this jersey on because the Saints have a big game. And then when I went sit with my wife, I came up with the nine fruits of the Spirit thing. That was, that's pretty good, I thought, okay? But, uh, but you know that I had the jersey on well before I thought of this message. But it works well. The nine fruit of the Spirit. That's what I want us to talk about today real quick. So if you will, go with me to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. And we're going to look at this message and, and just... Uh, pray that the Lord challenges us today. Galatians chapter number 5. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 16 because it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, uh, there's a contrast here between the, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And I think to get the whole picture of the fruit of the Spirit, you need to get the other side as well. So let's look at it together and then let's pray. Galatians chapter number 5, beginning with verse 16. Paul says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. You will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that we cannot do the things that we would. But if you would be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, that's a fun word to say, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Uh, Indians, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before as I have told you in the past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts thereof. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Guys, you know what? The fruit of the Spirit is meant for bearing and for sharing. It's meant for you to have those nine characteristics of God's, God's characteristics in your life. And it's meant for you just not to have it, just not to show it off, but to share it with others. Amen? Let's pray today that the Holy Spirit would anoint this message and help us to be bearers and sharers of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for an opportunity today to go to your word. I ask right now that you would touch your people. Have your way today, Lord God. Minister to us like only you can. It's in Jesus' name we call it done. And everybody would say, amen and amen. So, verses 16 through 18 
gives us the challenge of how to walk our walk out. See, this message today is really about your walk with Christ. It's really about how you're representing Christ to this world. It's really about the fruit of the Spirit, which are the nine characteristics, the fruit characteristics of what should be evident in you and our lives as Christians. So in verse 16, Paul says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They are contrary to one another. So you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Hey, do you want a key to living holy? How many want a key to living holy? How many want a key to doing right? How many want a key to walking victorious in the Lord? Walk in the spirit. It's really pretty simple. There's nothing new under the sun. Walk in the Spirit. What does that look like? That means walking with a conscious, um, a conscious awareness of God, a conscious awareness of the Spirit of God. You see, walking in the Spirit is what helped me remember to go pray for that young man during halftime. You know, halftime as a football coach, I've got a lot of things on my mind. I also was dealing with my son who got a concussion. So when you remember Hayden in prayer, pray that, that, that he's all good and he should be. But, but, uh, so I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with game plan. I'm dealing with all this stuff. But being conscious of the Spirit of God led me to walk by our bench and pray for that young man. What if I hadn't been spirit conscious? What if I'd been thinking about all that stuff? I might have missed an opportunity. How many times do we miss opportunities because we're not aware of the Spirit of God? Guys, it's up to us. If we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit in our life, if we're going to live victorious lives, that we walk in the Spirit. You see, friends, it's not enough to just be Spirit-filled. You've got to be Spirit-led. Because I've met some tongue talkers who still act a fool. Okay? It's not enough to be spirit-filled, people. You have to be spirit-led. You have to walk in the Spirit. You have to walk in such a way to grieve not the Holy Spirit. You have to walk in such a way with such a consciousness that God can use you. And guys, that's really what it's all about. I joked a couple times as I was studying for this message that uh, I think I joked with one of our coaches who, who had some little smart aleck comment. I said, you're lucky I'm preaching on the fruit of the Spirit, and I want to use myself as good examples Sunday. Okay? You know what, guys? I, I hadn't got to the point where I don't think things like you think things. Okay? Let's not forget I'm a Cajun guy. Okay? If you think I'm offensive by what I say, you ought to see what I choose not to say. Okay? So Stanley, you know what I'm talking about, right? You ever think about saying something? You're like, no, I probably ought not say that, okay? Some of you still say those things. Stop it, okay? We'll get to that fruit of the Spirit in a little while, okay? You don't have to tell everybody everything you know. In fact, when I was reading the book of Proverbs, how many read the book of Proverbs in the month of October? That was good stuff, huh? It said, a fool says everything that's on his mind. Pastor, did you just call me a fool? No, I told you the Bible said, a fool says everything that's on his mind. Pastor Ronnie, I've been foolish a few times, okay? We all have. But we need to learn how to walk in the Spirit. We need to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to be led of the Spirit and please God in the process. But how many know the Spirit and the flesh fight each other? The Spirit and the flesh are at each other's neck, okay? It's like cats and dogs. It's like Bama and LSU, <laughs> okay? It, it, there's just a contention there, okay? How many in here want to do right? Lift your hands. Hey, exactly. You're in church on a Sunday morning. You could be a whole bunch of other things. You're trying to do right. (sighs) Your flesh don't want to do right. 
Your flesh just wants to cut up. Your flesh just wants to tell somebody off. Your flesh just wants to do what it wants to do. And the key to winning that victory is walking in the Spirit. Amen? We need to walk in the Spirit. Paul said about this great conflict, Paul said this in Romans chapter number 8, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, hatred, it is not subject to the law of the God, neither can can it be. There's a war, there's a fight between our flesh. The flesh is hard to overcome. The flesh is hard to defeat. But the point is this, the flesh is strong that it often keeps us from doing what we'd want to do. The only hope of ever controlling the flesh is not to be more disciplined, not even to listen to your wife, but to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? You have to be spirit-led. Look what Paul said in Romans chapter number 7. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. For what I hate, I do. If then I do which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then it is no more that I do, do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, the flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I don't know how to do. For the good that I would, I don't do, but the evil that I don't want to do, I do. Now I do that I want. Boy, there's a lot of doing right there. Here's basically what Paul was trying to say. Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I ought not do, I end up doing. What is the answer? What is the solution? It Paul, the great apostle, the guy who wrote half the New Testament struggled with the flesh, how much more us Cajun folks going to struggle with the flesh? How much more are you and I going to struggle to keep our mouth tamed? How much more are you and I going to struggle to say no to the flesh? The key is the presence of God. The key is the Spirit of God. In fact, once we get past all that doing in Romans chapter number 7, Paul gives us the answer. A little later, God is the answer. Paul said, for the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh condemned sin in the flesh. Romans 8, 2 through 4. Romans 8 and 14. 8 and 14. For as many are as led by the Spirit, they are the Son's of God. You see, Paul struggled with the flesh. Paul struggled to do what was right, and he found the secret. The secret is Christ Jesus. The secret is the presence of God. The secret is walking with a consciousness of God. Because the truth of the matter is, the flesh will not do what's right. The flesh will not do what's right. In fact, here's a rule of thumb I I wrote down. If it feels good you probably shouldn't do it, okay? It's kind of like, here's a key to dieting. If it tastes good, you probably ought not eat it, amen? If, it, if Sister Annalie cooked it, you probably can't have it, okay? Because that's good stuff, okay? Now, two weeks from now, all bets are off. We're good, okay? But when it comes to the flesh, if it feels good, if it's like, if somebody says, hey, Brittany, have you heard? And you want to hear that little morsel, that little, that little, morsel of gossip, you probably say, no, I haven't, and I don't want to. Ooh, whoa, where'd that come from? 
You know, when you're at the Walmart checkout line and you just want to give somebody a piece of your mind, come on now, I know that happens to all you ladies, okay? If you're in traffic and you get cut off and you want to tell somebody they number one, if it feels good, you ought not do it, okay? Especially if you don't have, especially if you have one of my LCC stickers on the back of your car, okay? Don't you be acting a fool telling everybody about LCC Burrick, okay? Come on now. Hey, but here's the deal, guys. The flesh and the spirit are at war. There's a battle going on. But you can be victorious. You can win the battle. If you are led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, Paul goes into the works of the flesh. Let's just read over them. I'm not going to break them down a whole, whole lot. It's pretty self-explanatory. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. These are the things we ought not do. Ought not do. Adultery. Duh. Okay, it's one of the Ten Commandments. You ought not be unfaithful to those that you love, okay? But, ooh, wait a second. I, I, I do have to mention this. Adultery is, is sexual unfaithfulness to a husband or a wife, but it's also looking unto lust. Wait a second. Where are you going with that, preacher? Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery in his heart. Ouch. Moving right on along. Now, the works of the flesh are this, adultery, fornication. That's anything, um, uh, uh, anything sexual, anything bad. Uncleanness. We're not talking about whether you took a bath or not. We're not talking about Fabian, I mean, uh, Caden, whether you brushed your teeth this morning. We're not talking about that. By the way, yesterday morning, it wasn't Caden, it was Hunter. Hunter woke up at 1.15 in the afternoon. Okay, now in his defense, he had a long Friday night. Okay, and sister Josie comes up to me and he's chit-chatting with me and I could tell he hadn't brushed his teeth yet and he hit me with his breath, okay? You know, it's one thing for a toddler to hit you with his breath, but he's 18 years old. Brush your teeth, boy, before you talk to your daddy, okay? So we ain't talking about this. How many parents know what it's like to get hit with the breath of your child, okay? Whoo, okay? We're talking about doing anything dirty. We're talking about anything that just is not right. You know what? Here's the deal, guys. You don't really need a list of what's right and what's wrong. You know that. The problem is we just like doing what's wrong. The problem is ourselves. (laughs) But the works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, okay? It's a fun word to say. What the heck does that mean? It is filthiness. It's indecency. It's shamelessness. Think about Bourbon Street at Mardi Gras. Think about some of those areas. That's lasciviousness. That is just absolutely, people get to the point where they don't care anymore. You ever met somebody like that? Man, they just don't care no more, okay? There is no shame to that fool's game, okay? That's lasciviousness. That that is basically giving over to your own lust, and we have nothing to do with that, Christians. Idolatry. Idolatry. You know, many of us would say, oh, we don't worship idols. We don't do anything this I heard a preacher say one time, the definition of an idol is anything we put ahead of God. Anything we put ahead of God. Men, it's hunting season. It's football season. I'm preaching myself. Anything we put ahead of God. Let's make sure we keep our priorities what they need to be. Amen? The works of the flesh are idolatry. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Oh, we don't have anything to do with that. How about when you uh, can't plan your day till you read your, your horoscope? Or you read what it says, uh, 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 or, 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 or you call that phone number, or, or, or any of that kind of nonsense. No, have nothing to do with that, guys. That's works of the flesh. That's evil. Have nothing to do with that. 
hatred, hatred, intimacy, hostility, animosity toward any person. Man, deal with that. Deal with that. Hey, now look, you're going to have emotions. You're going you're to feel strongly towards certain things, okay? But deal with that stuff. Don't let it hang out in your life because that's works of the flesh. Witchcraft, hatred, variance. That's any kind of strife, any kind of discord, any kind of fighting, any kind of contention. You know what, guys? Do everything you can to make relationships right. Now, I do realize sometimes that's out of your hands. There are some strained relationships sometimes in my life that I've done everything I can, everything the Holy Spirit has told me to do. Once you've done that, you leave it in God's hands, okay? But do nothing that would increase the strife. Do nothing that would increase the contention. Emulations, that's jealousy. That's wanting and desiring what somebody else has. Wrath, oh, you know what that is. You're Cajun. That's getting fashe. That's flying off the handle for no reason, okay? Your kids are asking prayer requests because you flew off the handle this morning on the way to church. How you know that, preacher? Because your kids tell. Strife. Some of you like, man. Strife. Conflict, struggle, contentions. Seditions. That's division, rebellion. I'm glad that don't happen in church. I wish that wasn't a joke. Heresies. Rejecting the fundamental beliefs of God and the scriptures, believing and holding to some other teaching than the truth. Guys, we look, our truth is not what a preacher says, our truth is what the Bible says. Amen? Let's make sure we know that. It's we've got to know what the truth is. Envyings. The word goes beyond jealousy. It's a spirit that wants what other persons have, and and, and man, it's it, that's of the world. You don't want that murders. We we know that. You don't need that nonsense. Strife, seditions, hearsays, envyings, murders, drunkenness. Drunkenness. Yeah, the Bible talks about drunkenness. Taking drugs, taking uh, alcoholic beverages to, uh, to, to excess. Have nothing to do with that, guys. That's worldly stuff. Don't, don't fool with that. Revelings, that's, that's crazy parties. You don't need nothing with, to do with that. Those are all works of the flesh. That's how we used to live, guys. You see, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Guys, the old Mo used to get involved in a lot of that nonsense. The old you used to have a lot to do with that. But therefore, any man who be in Christ, when I came to Christ, when I bowed my knee at an altar 23 years ago, when I gave my life to Jesus, I changed you need to change as well. Amen? Now, are you going to be perfect? No, none of us are perfect. But we need to be consistent that we avoid those things. We avoid the mere appearance of evil. We live a holy life. Here's the warning, though. All those things I talked about, Paul says, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, guys, those are characteristics of the world. Those are characteristics with folks who don't know Jesus. The problem is I've seen all those characteristics in church. I've seen all those characteristics with church folk. You know, guys, I don't have a problem with somebody who don't know Jesus cussing like a sailor. When I'm at the school and somebody who don't know Jesus uses words they shouldn't use, that doesn't really bother me because I don't expect them to act differently. But I have a problem when I hear folks in the church sound like that. So, guys, we've got to make sure that we're different. You know, the, man, there's been a common theme the last few weeks. We have to be different. We don't dress different, we, but we better sure act different. People are watching your lives. 
people are watching my life. So guys, I just want to challenge you. Let's have nothing to do with that nonsense. Let's have nothing to do with those works of the flesh. Now in contrast to that, the fruits of the Spirit. Let's look at that. Those nine fruits of the Spirit, okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. You see, in this case, the word love is agape. It's the love of decision. It's a decision that God made that he loved you no matter what. It's the same love you and I need to have. We need to make up our mind that we love people. We need to make up our mind that we're going to do whatever it takes to reach out in love to someone. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is, love, joy. There's a joy, an inner gladness, something that doesn't matter if LSU wins or lose, doesn't matter if the Saints win or lose. Joy is something that is not, is not hinged on circumstances. It's something that you draw strength from. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Love, joy, peace. How many need more peace in their life? All of us. How many need some peace at work? Could there be some more peace at Lapco? Wouldn't you love to find that on the shelf? They could use a little bit more of that, huh? How about peace at the courthouse? How about peace at, how about peace at your house? Come on, somebody. We could use more of that, amen? Well, guys, last time I checked, we know the peace speaker. We know the God of peace. The word right here is shalom. It means an inner peace. It means a powerful peace. It's something that we all need more of. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering patience, bearing, suffering a long time, perseverance, being steadfast and enduring. Guys, I used to think I wasn't a very patient person. And the truth of the matter is I'm not on trivial things, but on things that really matter, I've developed some patience. Because real patience is believing God for the long haul. Believing God when it takes a little while. Believing God for that loved one no matter how long it takes. Believing God for your healing no matter how long it takes. Believing God for that breakthrough no matter what. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. Gentleness. Gentleness is being kind and being good. Um, Not being like the world but being like God. God is kind. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love toward us, even when we were dead in our sins, quickened us together with Jesus and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God is kind, and you or I, you and I are supposed to be kind as well. Ephesians 4.32, And be ye one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven you. We need to be kind. Amen? We also need to have the fruit of goodness. It is being full of virtue and excellence, kindness, helpfulness, just being good to people. God is full of goodness. Psalm 34 and 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? good. And we're called to be good as well. There's the fruit of faithfulness. Man, when I was praying this morning, just God is faithful. That's a reminder. That'll get you through a Monday right there. That'll get you through a tough week. God is faithful. God is faithful and we're supposed to be faithful as well. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9. God is faithful by whom we were called unto the fellowship of the Son of Jesus Christ our Lord. We're supposed to be faithful. 
1 Corinthians 4 and 2. Moreover, it is required in believers that a man be found faithful. I'm almost done. Eighthly, the fruit of the Spirit is meekness. It means to be gentle, tender, humble, but strongly so. Well, that's kind of contradictory, isn't it? You know, sometimes we think meekness, man, that's just being a, a, a rug for people to walk all over. No, it's not. It's being kind, it's being gentle, but it's being strong in the Lord. It's knowing who you are in the Lord. Amen? You know, I've heard it said one time, do not mistake my kindness for weakness. See, Jesus was as meek and mild as they come, but he's also the the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? That same baby who came 2,000 years ago will come as a conquering Messiah the next time. Amen? He's going to come as a warrior the next time. So guess what? You and I as Christians, we can be meek, we can be mild, we can be gentle, but we can be strongly so. Amen? So we're supposed to be meek. We're supposed to be mild. Jesus was meek and mild. Matthew 11 and 29. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am meek and I am lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. Paul reminded us that we're supposed to be meek as well in Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Ephesians 4, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And finally, the ninth fruit of the Spirit, temperance. That means to master and control the body or the flesh with all of its lusts. It means self-control. You know, guys, as I grow in the Lord, I have more self-control. You know, I joke that I used to be, I'm a Reformed hothead, okay? Any Reformed hotheads in the house, okay? I used to have a fuse this long. If you're watching on Facebook, it's like, it looks like your fingers are touching. They're almost touching, okay? My fuse used to be that long, but as I've grown in the Lord, my fuse has grown as well. You have a much better pastor because of it, amen? Because guys, we need to be self-controlled. We need to keep our cool. We need to honor the Lord in that way. In conclusion, We need to remember that the fruit of the Spirit is the very nature of God Himself. Believers are to walk in the Spirit. That is, we are to walk in such a consciousness of God and in such open confession that He is kept constantly clean from sin. God keeps us clean and pure and acceptable as though we were perfect. As a believer so walks in this awareness of God, He takes on the very nature of God and the Holy Spirit's fruit becomes evident in your life. Guys, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. It's about less of us and more of Him. I close with this as Pastor Tommy comes. How do we keep this in our life? How do we, how do we make this such a real, real part of our lives? Let's look at verses 24 through 26. And they that are Christ, are you a believer? Are you Jesus Christ? That's you and me. 
They've crucified the flesh with the afflictions and the lusts thereof. Guys, you've got to crucify your flesh, okay? You know, we have a few health coaches in here. I've lost a few pounds before. Here's the way. I, I crucify the flesh. I say no to that. I say no to those things. And by the way, that's just temporal. That's not super important. But when it comes to spiritual things, there are some things you better be saying no to. There are some things you better be saying yes to. Amen? We need to say no to the works of the flesh. We need to say no to reacting like we used to. And we need to say yes to more of God. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's walking in a consciousness of God, knowing that He watches over you. He sees everything you do, whether here at church or at home, whether at work, whether behind closed doors. He sees everything. Let's live as such. And finally, verse 26, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Guys, this is not a competition. I'm not supposed to say, well, I'm more spiritual than you, Mario. Okay? I can brag about my fantasy football team doing better than his, but I shouldn't be bragging. By the way, we both stink. Okay? But I shouldn't be bragging about being more spiritual than him. That's not what it's all about. I need to encourage him in his faith because of my faith. Amen? We're in this thing together. We are in this thing together. As I close, you know, guys, a a characteristic of a great player on a team is he makes everybody around him better. I tell some of the great players on our team, our quarterback, Mitchell Sanford, our running back, Josh Jones, our best receiver and defensive player, Barrett Hover, I, I tell them all the time, make everybody around you better. That's the key of greatness. And that same characteristic is true for a church. You and I need to make others better because of our faith. We need to encourage people. Guys, I've bragged on Bernie and Annalie Dinger. Why? Because at at their age, their faith should encourage you. Amen? They encouraged me as they fixed nearly 300 hot dogs, okay? They encouraged me. And guys, that should encourage you that if God ain't finished with them, he's not finished with you. Amen? We need to encourage one another in this thing. 